Hello, Rebels. You're listening to a free audio-only recording of my show, The Gun Show. Tonight, my guest is Canadian YouTuber and performer Kelly Day. It's been a couple of months since I talked to Kelly, and tonight we discuss her ongoing foray into the culture war and her entrance into federal politics. Now, if you like listening to this podcast, then you will love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to premium content. That's what we call our long-form TV-style shows here on The Rebel. Subscribers get access to watching my weekly show, as well as other great TV-style shows too, like Ezra's Nightly, Ezra Levant Show, and David Menzies' fun Friday night show, Rebel Roundup. It's only 8 bucks a month to subscribe, or you can subscribe annually and get two months free. And just for our podcast listeners... You can save an extra 10% on a new premium membership by using the coupon code PODCAST when you subscribe. Just go to therebel.media slash shows to become a member. And please, leave a five-star review on this podcast and subscribe in iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. Those reviews are a great way to support The Rebel without ever spending a dime. And now, please enjoy this audio-only version of my show. You're listening to a Rebel Media Podcast. Angry vegan mobs, Tommy Robinson, and finding out who your friends are. It's a little bit of everything tonight. I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed, and you're watching The Gun Show. weeks ago on Alberta's election night, as Albertans were exercising the socialist demons from their government, Kean Bexty and I, and of course the boss, Ezra Levant, did a live broadcast from United Conservative Party headquarters in Calgary. Now, you can go back and watch that entire show. It was pretty fun, but on that broadcast, a super chatter donated to us and then asked me to have Canadian YouTuber and performer Kelly Day back on my show. Now, as you know, I'm a fan of Kelly. I think she's incredibly talented, and more importantly, she brings a certain kindness and thoughtfulness to Canadian conservative politics. She's been on my show before. She'll, of course, be on my show again. And I do appreciate the reminder to have her on tonight. So, joining me tonight in an interview we recorded Monday afternoon, where we talk about, you know, just about everything that's on her radar from the culture war to how politics can harm your friendships sometimes to her steps into the realm of federal politics is Kelly Day. from Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, is Canadian YouTuber and performer Kelly Day. Hey, Kelly, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good to see you again, Sheila. Now, the reason you're on the show, um, I suppose it's twofold. Um, I took some super chat money on Alberta elections night <laughs> on the pretense that I would have you back on the show. But I was going to have you back on the show anyway. That generous donation just reminded me to do it sooner rather than later. <laughs> um, I wanted to have you on the show just to do, I don't know, I guess a Prairie Girl Roundup 
of things that are kind of going on um, that are on your radar and I guess on mine too um, now that the Alberta election is over and I can sort of focus on the broader scope of politics mm -hmm. and the culture war um, and I I think I'll make reference to some of your more recent videos that you've done because you are a YouTuber. Mm -hmm. um, you, uh, I guess it's pretty recent, would have been, we're recording this Monday, it'll go to air on Wednesday. Um, you've been accused of um, having internalized misogyny um, mm -hmm. because you don't hate your own husband. Um, um, is yeah, this not, true? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty close, pretty close. Not my own husband per se. I didn't get into the whole... <laughs> Twitter back and forth. I still hate yeah. the word tweet. I don't even like to use it. It sounds yeah, so petty, but um, it was ultimately just a conversation I'd had actually, ironically, about the uh, Alberta election. It was a last week old thread uh, with a gal who basically called all UCP voters misogynist, racist, homophobic, etc. You know, you know the gamut, right? You saw yeah. the campaign. It was very yeah. vile. And so they were just basically saying that, you know, how can all of these people have no empathy? And I just said, you know, maybe it's sort of unempathetic to assume that every person in a group is is kind of a bad person. And that just started this whole conversation. This one gal that I spoke of in my video was someone who dove in on the sidelines, sort of a friend of this other person. Nothing kind of came of it. It was a week old. Suddenly, this this random guy, uh, we guess it'd be an Albertan liberal, perhaps, or NDP, or maybe, um, dove in liberals. fairly aggressively. They're NDPers. <laughs> They're NDPers. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's so you Have you looked at the chart, Kelly? There aren't many liberals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he dove in and just was, we got into a bit of uh, banter about, left versus right-wing politics. He kind of tried to, you know, be a bit more, you know, assertive with it. I was pretty, I countered him with my my usual charm. And uh, ultimately, we kind of came to a good place, a happy medium. And he said, very, very simply, you know, you seem like a very respectful and intelligent person. This other girl just comes in out of nowhere, <laughs> no idea where. She isn't, she doesn't seem intelligent. She is intelligent. And and, and that apparently she went on to explain that I wasn't realizing that this guy was actually using misogyny and trying to minimize my intelligence. And men do this all the time and I just couldn't see it. And ultimately she kind of accused me of being naive that I just didn't understand. And I just thought it was so funny. Um, I've laughed about it for a couple of days now because ultimately I guess I'm just not woke enough, right? I'm just not woke enough, Sheila. So I'm so sorry that you're talking to this girl that just, just doesn't get it. <laughs> yeah. You know, you seem smart. But I don't know. <laughs> Depends on the day, right? <laughs> but that was really like, that was as soon as Rachel Notley was resoundly rejected um, for her, uh, I guess, the politics of destruction, both of the province and everybody's reputation, when you tried to say something um, critical of her, um, that then became the narrative of her loss. Well, it wasn't because Albertans want to get back to work that we are Canada's you know the Saudi Arabia of oil in North America and yet we can't get our oil to market and we're going broke um but the reason we didn't vote for Rachel Notley was because we were sexist um mm -hmm. and we just we just can't have a woman leader in charge well we voted for Alison Redford I wasn't a fan of her but people did vote for her yes. uh, the right wing wild rosers we had Danielle Smith as the leader of the Wild Rose Party, um, and I would credit her with making it, you know, uh, a mainstream movement from a fringe party. She did that. Mm -hmm. And then we elected Rachel Notley. We, I mean, you know, the royal we. <laughs> but yeah. No, no, not me. The collective we, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but even with all that evidence that, you know, Albertans really don't care all that much about uh, gender politics, the outside of Alberta 
commenters, um, you know, especially in the mainstream media, they just want to accuse Albertans of being backwoods hicks. And, you know, it's really designed to shut people up, you know, that you just get tired of constantly defending yourself against these accusations, you know, are not true about yourself, that you're racist, you're sexist, you're homophobe, you hate women, um, when all you really want is a job. Like, it's so stupid. Really? It's, you know, and it's funny, Sheila, because I've, I'm not from Alberta, but many members of my family are. We've spent many summers in Alberta. When I grew up, I always wanted to, I was the kid that every picture I drew was horses and a ranch and some mountains in behind. I just thought like a ranch with the mountains in the background was just the best life you could ever have. That's what I sort of wanted. And I still kind of idealize that, although horses are a lot of work and a lot of money. So perhaps that, yeah. that part might have to fly <laughs> away. But hay burners is all they are. <laughs> <laughs> And they kick. There's that too. Yeah. But, um, you know, that that's sort of the idyllic sort of, I guess, Alberta idea, right? And it is a place um, of Western freedom. It's a very independent yeah. place. I've said that I'm going to do a cover pretty soon here of Paul Brandt's version of um, or his, his song Alberta Bound, which the lyrics to me are just bang on. And when you when you sing that song or when you think about these sort of ideas that make Alberta what they are, Saskatchewan isn't so different. We're, we're like a sister right. or a cousin, whatever you want to call it. So lately, even though I'm not from Alberta, I have felt sort of a great kinship, I guess you could say, with Alberta and and particularly those of you who are struggling against the NDP, because um, it just I, I hear the concerns that I've heard throughout my whole life, my childhood sort of mirrored in the same things that people are saying in Alberta when it comes to worries about way too much power in Ottawa, the West being forgotten, all of these types of things. Right. And so I feel for you guys. And when you went through that election, just watching the vitriol was just incredible. And of course, we're just seeing it nationally, too. You mentioned, yes, you you voted out a female, which means that, of course, there must be internalized misogyny. It must run deep within all of you as well. Um, but of course, they're blaming multiple Canadians for this because you're seeing this happening as a trend across the country. We're losing sort of some female premiers in general and, of course, left with males. And, of course, what's worse, some, some white males, which, of course, makes everybody that much angrier. So here we are, right, in this conundrum where we're all apparently so misogynistic, even the women voters, that we just can't figure our own lives out. Uh, yeah, and you also have another, uh, I thought it was a very thoughtful video about how politics has really tested your friendships, long-standing friendships you thought you had with people um, uh, for me, I think that sort of thing, it's sad, but it's not on you. I mean, when, you, when you're reaching out across the table to, you know, to express the fact that your friendships are, are stronger than politics and that's not reciprocated, I think that speaks to the quality of your friendship with that person. Absolutely. Um, so this has happened to me. I've, I've, would say I've lost, um, two friends for sure. And then there's one that hasn't openly sort of had the courage to say, you know what, I don't like you anymore. I'm afraid of you or whatever it is she thinks of me. She's a, you know, she's a very kind person and she wants to believe I'm okay still, but you know, she's so used to sort of, um, I guess you would say an NDP mindset, I guess, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that, but I haven't known her that long. So she doesn't have that foundation of really knowing my soul. So I can appreciate if someone that just got to know me in my most kind of leftist nihilist stage, they're going to think that I'm this very different person when in fact, I've actually returned to a very whole, very, very sane version of myself. It's, it's not at all different. It's, it's better. It's improved. It's a, uh, it's growth, right? A lot of personal growth. So I'm not concerned so much about these sort of new people that have 
come and gone. There's been a few of those, but it, it's these long-standing ones. So I had a friend of um, five years, which I thought was a long time, uh, thought was bad enough, and then yes, lost a friend, uh, more of a family friend, more, much, more, more uh, pardon me, far more close to my mother. Uh, Sixty-five year friendship with my mother has known me since I was born, uh, so over thirty years, and um, yeah, just over Tommy Robinson, over me uh, supporting Tommy Robinson, going to England, singing um, at Panadrama. Uh, she believes he is a fascist, therefore um, I am supporting a fascist, therefore my mother was supporting, supporting a fascist. So it's really just this line of thinking. We have we have committed um, an impure sin of ideology and we're out, right? And so, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I was hoping that I could rectify it. It didn't go so well, as I mentioned in my video, um, and I, I have to leave it where it is. So, yeah, you just you have to move on and really respect that someone's in a certain, you know, mental space, whatever it is, uh, you have to try to you know, kind of reach out and then find that balance where you say, okay, I'm, I'm out, I'm moving on. And ultimately the best part of this is, is if you are sort of taking the right path, um, and actually following who you are, you end up finding better people anyway. So now I have these great people that I've met yourself included. I'm having, I've only met you once in person, but I mean, just, you meet these people that you so instantly connect with and have similar, um, you know, values with, and they sort of accept you for who you really are, not all these masks that you put on. And so for every person I'm losing, I'm gaining, you know, two or more. And so it, it isn't the end of the world, but it's been rough. It's, it's a transition, right? And um, sadly, the media and the bias and all this stuff that's going on is changing people's um, opinions. And it's why I'm so strongly against uh, the CBC. And I wish we could defund them because I believe they're responsible for tearing people apart in this country. And it makes me pretty sick, actually. So, you know, that's a great point. I wish we could part uh, the CBC out like an old minivan, just sell the seats, <laughs> <laughs> sell the steering column. <laughs> Um, you know, just so that it's a skeleton, um, and then, uh, take that skeleton to the car crusher and sell that for scrap. Um, <laughs> but it is true that these mainstream media narratives, for example, in your situation about Tommy Robinson, mm -hmm. people are, I mean, there are people, more and more people now are, are, are questioning the credibility of the mainstream media, but the people who are still part of, I would I would suggest, a bit of a cult of the mainstream media where all their news has to come from the CBC. And if the CBC said it, it is, you know, like the gospel of Mark. Yes. Um, yeah, it's so true. That they would throw out a friendship with a family, because it's not just you, it's tangentially now your mom who, yes. who's who's got the stink of you on her. Um, <sighs> yes, my poor know. sweet mom too. And she couldn't, you couldn't, you know, ask for a kinder, more gentle, loyal you know, person. It's just, it's awful to see that happening to her. That's what really, really killed me. I'm, I, I signed up for this. I'm a YouTuber. Now I get hate yeah. weekly, daily sometimes. So it's mm -hmm. like, eh, you know, I get it, but her, oh, that wasn't fun to see. Right. Well, and you know, like these people who know your mom for a very long time are willing to just say, no, she's supporting a fascist because CBC said something like they can't even believe their own, uh, experience with your mom, their yeah. own lying eyes. Um, because Rosie Barton said so. I mean, precisely. That is exactly it. And that that's what got me. It wasn't so much that this person has beliefs against Tommy Robinson. If, if we had come, if we had had a conversation and she said, you know what, at the end of the day, I believe the evidence is damning and I don't trust him. Sorry, not my thing. I'd say, okay, you know what, fair enough. Thanks for having the discussion. My issue is not that we disagree. My issue is that people these days, and I always thought that it was just stuff, the stuff of YouTube videos, the stuff of American political pundits in California and Berkeley. You know, no, no, this is happening 
in in conservative Saskatchewan, it's happening all over the place. And everyone I talk to now, you know, people will tell me stories in the comment sections of their own experiences. And it's just a nightmare. The States is really bad, of course, with Trump and the deplorables. Um, it, it's a nightmare. People are getting divorced over that stuff. But it's happening here, too. And what makes me sick is that these mature adults, these often very intelligent people, right? These are not stupid people. That's what kills me. Um, very smart people are not able to a, access their rational thinking of everything you've done and who you are and, and not just the words you speak, but the actions, right? So if someone's known you your whole life and believes in you and you haven't changed as a person, they just found out something about you politically and now suddenly they don't like you anymore. That, that's very indicative of a lack of depth then, or at least a lack of um, courage to just speak up to someone that you trust. Because ultimately, if you can believe a journalist, like you said, Rosie Barton or whoever else, over someone that you've had a bond with that long, I, I don't I don't know what to say about that. That to me is the, the biggest level of disrespect. And this is what I'm seeing across the board. And same in politics. It's all about just jabs, jabs, you know, character assassinations, gotcha moments. Um, trying to dig and find one thing someone has said. It's just, it's really, really um, vile. It's always been that way. Uh, it's worse now with social media, but we're seeing it now just infecting the general public. It's really sick. And yeah, it does suck to have someone say, you know what, I trust this stranger, in Tommy Robinson's case, often strangers in the UK that you'll never meet. Um, they couldn't. They could be a fake writer altogether. It could be a pseudonym. You don't even know. And, and you're going to trust them over someone you've known literally since you were a toddler. That's just... To me, that's that's I can't wrap my head around it. So I still that's where I struggle is just to to understand it in a rational way. And I can't. No, I, I don't think there is any rationale to it. Um, but I'm glad you brought up Tommy Robinson because I wanted mm -hmm. to ask you about that. Uh, Tommy Robinson, he's running to be a member of the European Parliament um, and they have a bizarre system. Yes. <laughs> um, how how that comes to be and how you come to win your seat. So there is a good chance that he could actually win. Um, but Twitter has suspended his campaign account. Um, and, you know, you and I were talking off air, but for all the mainstream media and left wing wailing and moaning and flailing about a Russia conspiracy that never was meddling in American politics, this sure as hell looks like an American company trying to sway the outcome of a European election. And everybody just thinks, yeah, it's fine because they don't like Tommy. Yes, precisely. It's fine because I don't like him. It's fine because he is blank. Insert, um, you know, expletive word here. He is racist. He's inflammatory. Whatever you think that he is. So then they decide it's okay. And no one sees the bigger picture um, of what this means, of what, you know, people that are calling for censorship don't realize that ultimately they're going to be digging their own graves because it will affect everybody, even the most progressive, the most ideologically pure of all of us. Um, and it's sick because, of course, I do support Tommy Robinson. I've been fairly open about that. Um, obviously, that would be the demise of, you know, this this one relationship and perhaps some to follow, hard to say. But, um, you know, with Tommy, he has just experienced a level of deplatforming that is is unbelievable. They are like just trying to erase him off the face of the earth. And they believe somehow that this is going to what? Stop the movement? Stop, you know, stop him from doing what he's doing? It only seems to serve to push him further, to want to do what he's doing. This is why he's going into politics. It's um that sense of, you know what, no one's speaking for this side. You're going to keep deplatforming me. Fine. I'm going to dive into the next round then. 
you know, catch me there. And and they can do it. Twitter can do it. All these private companies can do what they do. And we can argue about whether that's good or bad. Um, you know, free speech, does it extend to private institutions? All that good stuff. But the point is more just the trend, the overall trend, that push for censorship, that push to erase him from everyone's minds and tongues and, and videos. You know, I've been told that my How They Rule Ya um, version, um, the one that I put up, I, I had permission to use your copy and I made yeah. a little intro. That's one of the few versions left out there. I didn't realize yeah. that there's been a mass sweeping of even the panorama coverage just it's insane it's absolute censorship it's absolute totalitarianism type censorship um i don't know why people aren't concerned i hope he can move forward um without this i understand he's is it a bus that he's got going on i, I don't know yeah, he he's, he's finding <laughs> yeah, he's finding creative ways to get people's attention um, but honestly i wonder sometimes if these extreme measures of censorship don't work in the favor of people who are being who they're trying to actually censor because it does become so outlandish that it almost makes people say, well, what is it about this guy that's so bad? And then they maybe go and find him and listen to him where they wouldn't before. So perhaps we will see how it goes. He's a very tenacious um, young guy. So I, I suspect he'll find a way around it. I really do. <laughs> yeah, I think there's going to be a little bit of the Streisand effect happening <laughs> yeah. where the more they try to um, memory hold Tommy Robinson, the more um, he's going to be Come part of you know the conversation mm -hmm. um but that just shows you know how out of touch these censors and the mainstream media really are i mean when you think about it twitter and facebook um they're really acting as the new tv station and the new print newspapers of our time when nobody goes to use those things anymore like nobody really um flips on the local news when you can flip on twitter it's there when you need it. It, it you know you get your video and your news updates faster than running home and turning on the tv um so you know there there are rules particularly in canada about whether um you know tv stations can decide not to take ad dollars mm -hmm. from um you know a political candidate now they don't seem to really be following those these days um according to what happened in toronto um but you know if they are acting as newspapers then and they want us to treat them like newspapers um and tv stations and the local news then really they need to be behaving like them um but that's not the case they're on one hand they want um all the access that they would get acting as a utility but mm -hmm. at the same time, um, behaving as a private corporation with their own rules that um, where they can exclude uh, people from doing business on their platform. And I don't think they can have it both ways. And I'm not one. I'm literally the last person in the world to advocate for regulation. <laughs> I just think like I would rather have my business close the door than have mm -hmm. the government regulate it. Um, but I think these companies are so big that they can actually decide what information you can consume. Mm -hmm. um, I, 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 I'm leaning towards regulation, regulate these things as a utility, like the telephone company. Yeah, you know, it was interesting because I, when I first kind of got into Twitter, I think I just joined in, I guess it'd be September here, 2018. Mm -hmm. um, I use it for very specific ways because I've learned that it's not, well, <laughs> I've learned it's not the place for beautiful, nuanced discussion because no. people are in a <laughs> weird space where they just want to 
you know, kind of jump on everybody for nothing. It's it's a weird, it's a weird vibe. I'm not sure how I feel about that battlefield, but it can be a lot of fun. And it is, like you said, it's a tool. Like anything else, technology can be, you know, a tool for destruction. A hammer can tear something down or it can build something up. And I think Twitter is no, um, you know, it, it, it's no exception to that. But like you said, it comes down to what it was sort of intended to be. It's not just now a social media network. It's not a place to share pictures and just sort of joke around for many people. It is, like you said, it's a mainstream source for news and for, you know, breaking events around the world. It's a quick way to get in touch with people. It's a quick way to see when something's been fact-checked or changed. Um, not that that happens that very often these days in uh, journalism, but, you know, once in a while yeah. when someone is willing to correct the story, you can get it quickly. Or someone's rebuttal uh, when they decide to call someone out. You know, all of this stuff is very important, um, like it or not. I, I hate it, actually. I hate Twitter diplomacy, but it's become a political sphere it's huge it is a huge political political battlefield and it's sort of necessary that you have an even playing field in politics if nothing else i mean you can talk about the personal accounts but when you talk about censoring an mep account when you talk about censoring a political campaign um yeah where where is that line because that that takes away from the whole idea of it just being a business and and it does start suggesting that they do have a little more power a little more pull so um as this shifts and gets more and more prevalent yeah i'm leaning towards what you're saying and it's it's inevitable i think and it's it sucks because like you said i don't want the government's dirty hands in anything but where does this end right and and at what point or or are people just expected to find that alternative source which there are you know they are available but people really have to start opening up and trying new platforms and um you know, I, I don't know the answer, right? Yeah, I think if Twitter and Facebook get regulated, um, they asked for it. You mm -hmm. know, the, all mm -hmm. they had to do was not be, you know, have these ideological purity tests before you could participate in their platform or work yeah. for them for that matter. Um, so if they do get regulated and it hurts their bottom line, mm, you had it coming. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, no. So, so sad. So sad. <laughs> now, speaking of Twitter, um, all last week, I, you know, my Twitter mentions are like, um, it, it's like a nuclear holocaust in there I most days. I can only imagine, <laughs> yeah. like, I don't think it ever goes beyond, like, what is the highest number, 99 plus? I don't think, I think I've only had that once. Yeah. And uh, I suspect yours is always just there. Yeah. It's like every crazy person thinks that I need to hear what they have to say. And uh, you know what, I, 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 Ezra gives me trouble because he's like, you should block those people. But I am more spiteful. And so I just mute them because I want them to hear what I'm saying, but know that I don't uh, care what they have to say to nice. me. Nice. Power yeah. move, Sheila. Power yes, move. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Um, but you enraged all of vegan Twitter, which is a rookie mistake. I did that like six years ago. Um, and, I, you know, you end up with all these crazy people who... Oh, have, man. have comfort chickens. They think that chickens are this <laughs> higher functioning creature that can provide some sort of like empathic support to them when they need emotional support, which I mean, nobody who's ever met a chicken thinks that. Um, but you enraged all these people and it was like days and days and days. They didn't of, stop. I thought for sure something new will come along and they'll forget about me. They didn't. It was it just kept going and going. And I was like, why is this? Honestly, Sheila, it's ridiculous. I all I did was in a benign moment. I wasn't even thinking. I was just hanging outside with the dogs. It was sunny. And I just replied to an A&W. Um, it was it was an article about the new A&W veggie burger. It was a Globe and Mail article. And I'm, I'm a yeah. little bit 
pissy about all of the constant push about taxing beef and how bad everyone is for eating beef. And I I've eat a high things diet. to say about A and W too and their marketing campaign. Fair and enough. Yeah, you know, like their anti-hormone stuff and their anti-antibiotic stuff. I mean, I've got a lot of like actual farmer opinions to say about A and W's beef, um, but. You know, it's it's so funny when you wade into vegan Twitter and they're telling me how to, to farm. They're telling me how to farm. And what happens at the abattoir when the cows go down the line? And it's like, no, you know what? You guys just eat apples and cabbage and I bet you smell yeah. horrible. I'm not taking any food <laughs> advice from you. But they had lots of food advice for you. <laughs> it was amazing. She like seriously, like I said, I didn't mean to get into this. It was just benign, like, you know, bugger off kind of comment to the media and Little did I know, you know, I get home from work and I get the, I, my Twitter notifications just went insane. And I, yeah. I had lots of support and people retweeted it. Yeah. And hell yeah, meat eaters and people post some pictures of burgers and whatever. It was great. <laughs> but there was also this this percentage of people. And they were not, there was two. There was two that were reasonable. Well, that's not true. One became reasonable uh, after realizing they couldn't really argue anymore. And then the other one was more just reasonable in general. The rest were just aggressive. Like, it's... Yeah. I try really hard to be empathetic towards mm -hmm. vegans. I've made a video. I try to um, understand their position. I've tried veganism and vegetarianism for health reasons, um, for managing chronic health reasons. Lots of people push that idea and say you'll feel better, and some people do. That's great for them. Didn't work for me. I'm um, I'm very much into high protein, high red meat content, period. I live on beef, goat cheese, um, you know, high protein, high fat stuff. It's, it's not a vegan diet. And uh, so, you know, I try to explain this to people and I would hope that they would engage. Usually once I said something rational, they just left. They just couldn't say anything. So they just left. But there was a couple, they just kept going with the memes and the murderer and the, the, the slicing of the throat comments. And it was just like, oh my God, what have I done here? And I, I engaged with the few just because it was kind of fun. It gives a really interesting picture. Uh, once in a while, if you do dive in, you know, it gives a fun picture of society. But then you also kind of, at the end of the day, you think, is this is this where we are now? Um, <laughs> as a prairie girl, it is kind of funny because that, that was my argument was you guys have never been to a farm, have you? You don't have, like you picture the, the PETA movie, Meet Your Meat, with massive mm -hmm. industrialized gross factory farming. Yep. And you can't fathom that a farmer would care so much for their animals. They don't understand either even on the sense of land, um, the kind of to bring it to a more serious note, when a farmer, not big, big farmers, but re regular family, average farmers, normal average people like yourself, um, so many of my family, they care for their land. And in order to survive off the land, they have to be in tune with the land. Farmers know cycles and seasons better than anybody else. They understand what all the little things mean and how much snow there's going to be and what that means for the spring. They're in tune in every way. And when it comes to their animals, if there's a sick cow, they, they get a vet out, even though it costs a lot of money. They are generally ethical. Generally, uh, they care more for animals than most of these people. And I think it's so funny because we talk about um, how these farms are ruining the earth and it's everybody's, you know, yelling at farmers for everything. And it's like, you know, I don't think that these urbanites maybe understand that they're so way off base. And I just wish, I just wish, Sheila, once that all of these people that went and like protested at Antler in Toronto, like, please come to Saskatchewan and go to a beef farm. Please, please, please. I just want to see it. I want to take a camera and see uh, that, you know, play out. Actually, I'd like them to come to your house. I think that'd be fun. I'd like to watch you take a swing at those at those activists. <laughs> not a, not a literal physical swing, but some, you know. I would put them to such hard work that they would be begging for a steak just for the protein <laughs> so that they could function. And I'm like you, I don't care how you eat. 
eat however you want. It's like a religion, right? Worship however you want. This is a free country. I'll do my thing. You do yours. But um, I'm not a, don't call me a murderer. Like, Kelly. Literally. I think, honestly, Sheila, I think they would rather have us, even when I explained that it's for my health, people indicated that they would rather me die kind of than a, a baby cow. And it's like, well, not even a baby cow. I don't even eat veal. They're actually adult cows. They, I think that in many people's minds, that chicken that you're talking about, that cow, like, screw me. I'm a conservative white female in Canada. I would rather she just die. You know what I mean? I honestly got that feeling from some of these people. What do you think the overlap is from those vegans? Um, how many of them? What do you think the percentage is of them being pro-choice? You're a murderer for eating an egg. Um, do you think... Uh, like generally in my experience, 99% of them are pro-choice. So an yeah. egg is murder, but a human fetus is not. Yeah, I find that it's generally a very progressive ideology. Now, I've mm-hmm. met a couple of conservatives who do follow it for, usually it's for health reasons. Um, yeah, sure. But, you know, but they're not preachy about it. No, precisely. <laughs> and that's the, when I meet those vegans, I just, I, I want to hug them. I work with one and she's, yeah. she hates those types of vegans. And she's just this normal person that one day realized she just didn't want to eat meat anymore. She feels better. She's had a baby. She feels great. Good for her. Awesome. She doesn't tell anybody else that they need to basically burn in the fires of hell for having a steak. And, you know, that, like you said, it's the preachiness that really gets you. But yeah, I don't know. I'm, it is, it is a bit of a religion. It does seem to be yeah. that people, there's a judgment at the end of it. And, you know, um, when it comes to the pro-life thing, yeah, you're right. There is a progressivism sort of trend, I guess you could say, with a lot of people who are kind of going down that that road. And uh, often, yes, that means that there is a pro-choice um, sort of mentality. And yeah, it is to me a little bit hypocritical. It doesn't make a lot of doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, I, I, again, try to wrap my head around some of this stuff. And because I'm a farm girl, like, I, I get it. I'm a softie. I don't like animals suffering either. But that's the thing is, again, farmers are actually uh, the first people that will put down an animal if they're suffering. They don't usually want to see, like, what do they think that we are? What you know? I just don't get it. And yet, if you call out someone for wanting to, you know, abort a child at, what, 11 months or whatever it is now in the States that these this yeah. uh, senator or whatever was talking about, that if you call that evil, you're, what, hyperbolic? Preachy? Get get real. It's just the, the upside-down land of things right now is just astounding. Sometimes you have to laugh or I think you just want to bang your head against the wall, really. Yeah, uh, as Gavin McInnes says, it's clown world. Like, it's <laughs> it's hard to even believe that those people exist and they, they can't see the... Um, the disconnect between mm-hmm. their two, you know, diametrically opposed stances on things. Um, I know that you have to go to work today. Um, so I know I'm trying to move this along a little all bit. Good. I've got some time. We're good. <laughs> okay. Um, although I could probably talk to you all day. Um, it's fun. I enjoy it very much. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, that's super chat money, uh, that I took on election night to have you on the show. Um, I, said that I would have you on the show to sing. Now I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, would you give us 20, 30 seconds of something acapella? Sure. Now, would okay. you like something, uh, any particular genres? Like, you know, I could do a couple things or just something light to end the show. Yeah, something light to end the All show. Right. And then, uh, then we'll give you a chance to let everybody know where they can find you. That sounds good. How about a little Patsy Cline? How does that sound? Oh, yes. All right. I'm going to... Uh, try to move away from this a bit. I, I'm not set up, you know, mixer-wise for music, yeah. so I apologize if it crackles. I'll try to keep it, you know, try not to belt it too hard here. I'm crazy 
Crazy for feeling so lonely And I'm crazy Crazy for feeling so blue And I knew you'd love me as long as you wanted And then someday you leave me for somebody new Worry Why do I let myself worry Wondering What in the hell did I do I'm crazy Crazy for feeling so lonely and i'm crazy for trying crazy for crying and i'm crazy for loving you fantastic you are so incredibly talented and when i sing i sound like um someone is hitting a baby with a cat so <laughs> Um, you, you just have the voice of an angel. Um, Kelly, I want to thank you so much for your time today. Um, You're very like, Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to give you a chance to um, promote your YouTube channel. Let people know where they can find you. I think you do put out some incredibly thoughtful content. And I think it needs a lot more eyeballs because you approach these issues um, with a level of understanding and compassion that um, I know that I don't. <laughs> I've been a lifelong conservative, so I, I it's for it's hard for me to get inside the mind of a leftist. But you come from that, and you had this sort of come to Jesus change in how you look at things, but you still approach it with understanding, and um, I think that's valuable and missing in a lot <laughs> of the public discourse. Yes, I would agree with that. It's why I I made the channel. I'm going to try to be serious after imagining. Um, hitting a baby with a cat, that image is just <laughs> stuck right there. But yes, um, when I started my channel, essentially I started it last July, I guess it's been almost a year, July 2018. It was essentially originally started to kind of just rant. I started with the feminism rant, um, which is kind of what we talked about today. And then it just morphed into more of a, well, maybe if I'm going to rant, I should give my fiance a break. And then it kind of morphed into realizing this, this huge gap that um, there was, that we needed to have more people who kind of could understand both sides. Everything's very polarized because of social media. So I do try to provide um, sort of a middle ground without shifting my beliefs or being wishy-washy. I don't believe in, you know, becoming milk toast on the things that matter, but there is a way to present it. I don't want to be, and, and by nature, I'm just not super controversial. So I do wish for a more of a sense of unity. Um, and I see a lot of division in our country. I see a lot of division in my, you know, regional area, and I see a lot of it being pushed by our local um, and federal governments. I see the media making it worse, and I see individual people you know, fueling that fire. And so I just want to be part of the solution because I think ultimately um, we're not all that different. We've just been made to think about all the bad things about each other that we disagree with. And politically, 
um, we can differ and still have sort of similar core values. So I try to focus on the core value stuff. Um, I have my rant videos, though. I mean, there's days where it's just, like I said, you just want to bang your head against a wall. Mm -hmm. But I try to at least understand. Um, I think ultimately that I'm realistic and I'm learning this more and more, that there's just people you can't. Um, you can't help, you can't touch. Uh, they're in a weird mind space. But there are people like myself that were just, you know, rational classical liberals that... Um, believe the wrong people, maybe went through some trauma, went through some stuff, and it changes your perspective. So my channel, uh, it's just under my name, Kelly Day. I always uh, basically pass on that there's two people when you look it up. There's me, and there's a Brazilian supermodel. I'm the one that's not the Brazilian supermodel. Um, <laughs> the picture of me and my piano. Can't miss me. Um, I do, yeah, social political commentary. I do some music. I do interviews when I can. Try to do them about once a week. Um, my channel is um, focused on Christian values, but it's very much open to any belief. I have plenty of atheist and agnostic and, and Jewish subscribers and anyone else. So, yeah, um, please come on over, check it out. I'd love to have you in the comment section. And I am on Twitter as well. Um, it's more of a sort of sarcastic, fun outlet for me. Mm -hmm. My handle is at KellyRDay19. So. Now, Kelly. Ali, before we go, you hmm. did let me in on a little secret about your future. Um, you want to share that? Yes, yes, sure. I'll probably make a video as well. Um, I did just put you on the spot. <laughs> oh, that's okay. No, it's good. It's good. Um, needs to come out. So, yes, I um, I wasn't sure if it was going to be kind of happening, so I hadn't really mentioned it. But I had applied uh, to be vetted for the candidacy here for the PPC, the People's Party of Canada, uh, in my riding. And um, I was hoping to find some people uh, locally that would dive in. But it's a bit tough to find that uh, in this sort of, um, I guess you could say, very rushed campaign, this very rushed election. So I am... Uh, I have been vetted and accepted and I will be running as the candidate in uh, the Prince Albert riding for the PPC. So that's uh, going to change again the direction of my channel a bit. It will be used now somewhat as a political platform also. And you'll see me more um, on, you know, various articles and smear campaigns instead. So <laughs> that's coming. You're going to be um, excoriated for speaking to me. <laughs> oh, I'm certain That's of coming. that. And of course, Tommy Robinson will be, you know, the nail in yeah. my coffin media wise. But I, I have um, I have no shame in what I've done. And this whole integrity bit is part of why I want to do this. I don't know. I, I, I love the idea of politics. Um, I thought maybe if I got into politics, it would be in five or 10 years. Um, but sometimes timing uh, sort of comes upon you. It doesn't necessarily you don't get to pick. Right. You don't always get to choose. And ultimately, when you feel led to do something and you want to help, um, you know, this very much is the same narrative as what I'm doing with my channel. I want to bring more uh, unity. I believe very much in the PPC platform and our four core values. I believe I espouse them and um, I'm excited to to build the party and just to sort of start that uh, long game forward in trying to help shift some minds um, in the direction of this really wonderful country that has nothing but potential. And um, I'm very concerned about the direction of, of things and where we're going so I figured why not step up and, and dive in and I can I can take the arrows because I've been training for it for eight months on YouTube so bring it on I guess well Kelly I wish you the best of luck um you. Uh, you are bold and unafraid to talk about difficult issues including personal issues things that are um personal and painful for you um but you always do it in a way of compassion and understanding like I said that sometimes I lack anyway <laughs> um, we all wanna, have our roles I figure yeah I want to thank you for coming on the show um I know you got to get to work um and you've been really generous with your time and I hope that I don't have to wait until someone reminds me via a ten dollar super chat to have you back on this show again Sounds good, but we'll keep in touch. I'd be happy to come back on. So maybe I'll have you on someday. Do a bit of an up close sure. and personal with Sheila Gunry. Sure. Thanks, Kelly. Sounds good. Have a good one. Hey. You too.
Kelly the best of luck as she enters federal politics. I think more normal people need to get involved. And I think Kelly knows what she's in for. Any conservative from any conservative party by now should be well aware that the campaign against them will not be about the issues or ideas, but instead about character assassination and personal attacks. But I think Kelly's strong enough and grounded enough to handle it. And I want to thank the super chatter that reminded me to have Kelly back on my show. I suppose the moral of the story here is that, yes, I do take requests. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in. I'll see everybody back here in the same time, in the same place next week. And remember, don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think.